Welcome to Behind the Knife's Absite Review Series, revamped for the 2024 exam. Want to read along? Do it with our updated Absite Review book. All of this and more can be found on our website, behindthenife.org, and on our brand new, totally awesome Android and iOS apps. We appreciate your support, and if you like what you hear, please leave us a review. Now, dominate the day and dominate the Absite. Behind the Knife would like to sincerely thank Medtronic for sponsoring the entire 2024 Abside podcast series. Medtronic has a rich history of supporting surgical education, and we couldn't be happier that they chose to partner with Behind the Knife. Their sponsorship goes a long way in supporting us as we develop exciting new content. As surgeons, we know and love Medtronic for their trusted brands like Tri-Staple Technology, V-Lock Barb Suture, ProGrip Mesh, and Ligature Vessel Sealing. With newer products such as the MaxTac Motorized Fixation Device, the newest Ligature XP Maryland, and the Sonicision Curved Jaw Cordless Ultrasonic Device, Medtronic's impact extends well beyond the operating room. Medtronic's mission is engineering the extraordinary. With 90,000 plus people in over 150 countries, Medtronic is committed to accelerating access to healthcare technology, advancing inclusion, diversity, and equity, and protecting our planet. Learn more at Medtronic.com. Calling all surgical education junkies, Behind the Knife is looking to add three new fellows to our team this year. We are thrilled to be adding these positions as we've got big plans for the future and want you to be a part of them. We're working on countless projects that will make a real impact on surgical education, like our Trauma Surgery Video Atlas, Comprehensive Student Curriculum, Global Surgery and Innovation Podcast Series, and our Specialty Oral Board Reviews. We're looking for enterprising surgical residents to take the bull by the horns to build something new and exciting, and to innovate. You will benefit from ample support from the Behind the Knife team, the use of our brand new digital education platform, and access to all of our resources, including illustrators, video editing, and more. Get your name out there and build your CV by being part of the number one surgery podcast in the world. You will even get paid for your work on choice projects. We are offering a two-year fellowship starting July 2024 and ending in June 2026. Only residents beginning their two-year academic development time will be considered, and the residents, institutions, and mentors must approve of this fellowship. Check out the show notes for the application link. All applications are due March 25th. All right, greetings, Absite nerds. By now, you are probably sick and tired of studying, but fear not, we have a quick high-yield review for you today. We got Nina back up. Let's talk about the foregut. Please, describe for me esophageal anatomy. Uh, so the esophagus is made up of uh, squamous epithelium on the inner layer with an inner circular muscle layer and an outer longitudinal muscle layer. There's no serosa on the esophagus, uh, and notably the upper third is made up of striated muscle, while the lower two-thirds is made up of smooth muscle. The lower esophageal sphincter is about 40 centimeters from the incisors, and the vagus nerve is closely affiliated with the esophagus. So you think about the right and left vagus nerves. The right goes posterior to the esophagus, especially distally. And the left vagus nerve runs anterior to the distal esophagus. There are a couple of anatomic areas of narrowing where foreign bodies may get stuck in an abscite stem. And those include the upper esophageal sphincter, which is also the cricopharyngeus muscle. The left main stem bronchus, or where the aortic arch cross over the esophagus or the diaphragmatic hiatus. All right, so now I'm thinking about surgical access to the esophagus. I want to get access to the neck. Which side am I going on, Nina? In the neck, you're going to go for a left-sided incision. 
Okay. How about in the upper two thirds of the chest? Heart gets in the way. Go to the right side. Okay. And the lower one third of the chest. Back to normal. Go back to the left. Okay. So I have a false diverticulum between the cricopharyngeus and the pharyngeal constrictor muscles. What is that? It's a zancreous diverticulum. So okay. you treat that. You treat that by doing a cricopharyngeal myotomy or a zancreous resection. Generally, I think about two options: endoscopic or open repair. If it's less than three centimeters and the patient's or the patient's unable to extend their neck all the way, then you do an open surgical repair. If it's greater than three centimeters, they can get it repaired endoscopically. Okay. What's the most common type of esophageal cancer? Also kind of a tricky question. So this in the United States, this is adenocarcinoma, which I think about because it's associated with obesity, GERD, Barrett esophagus, all those things we see pretty frequently in our foregut clinics. Elsewhere in the world, squamous cell carcinoma is the most common. Anatomy question. Please describe the blood supply to the stomach. Yep. So the left gastric comes off of the celiac trunk and serves the stomach. The right gastric comes off of the common hepatic artery. The left gastroepiploic and short gastrics, those shorties, come right off the splenic artery. And finally, the right gastroepiploic comes off of the GPA. Okay. What cells secrete hydrochloric acid? That would be the parietal cells. Okay. And what signals activate the secretion of hydrochloric acid from cells. That would be acetylcholine, histamine, and gastrin. Okay. What's the medical treatment for a GIST? That's going to be imatinib, which is a tyrosine kinase inhibitor. I've seen it asked both ways, by mechanism and by name. What's the first sign of leak following a bypass? Watch out for your tachycardic patients who just got a bypass. Okay. And what are the mineral and vitamin deficits that can occur following Roux-en-Y gastric bypass? I think Dan already mentioned a few of these in the context of ileal resection for Crohn's, but you can get B12 deficiency because these patients lack intrinsic factor, and you, they also might need an acidic environment to activate intrinsic factor. So both of those might be lacking in ruin Y patients. And then the second is iron, which is absorbed in the duodenum. All right, Dan, let's move on to HPB. What are the two most common hepatic artery variants? So the most common is the right hepatic artery coming off the SMA followed by the left hepatic artery coming off the left gastric. Okay. What separates the left and right lobes of the liver? So this is that imaginary line called Cantley's line, and it's a line between the middle of the gallbladder fossa going back to the IVC. Right. And then, so what separates the medial and lateral segments of the left lobe of the liver? That'd be the falciform. Like right. less, the less imaginary dividing line. Describe for me briefly, in your own words, Coynard's segments of the liver. Yeah, so I always think that this is best learned by looking at a picture. You can easily Google this, but another trick is to make a fist with your right hand, and the finger should be wrapped around your flexed thumb, and the fist should face you. And then looking at all the segments, the segment one is the caudate, which is the thumb in the palm of your hand. Segment two is your index finger's proximal phalanx. Segment three is the index finger's middle phalanx. Segment 4A is the middle finger proximal phalanx. Segment 4B is the middle finger middle phalanx. Segment 5 is the ring finger middle phalanx. Segment 6 is the little finger middle phalanx. Segment 7 is the little finger proximal phalanx. And segment 8 is the ring finger proximal phalanx. Perfect. Which hepatocytes are most sensitive to ischemia? Yes, it's going back in the textbook here, but these are this is the hepatocytes in Axner zone three, the central lobular. All right. I've seen a question on Gilbert's and the Krigler-Nahar syndrome. 
versus rotors and Dubin Johnson syndromes. I butchered that, but you all would too. So, yeah. So, so I group Gilbert's and Krigler Nahar into the same group here. And these are problems with conjugation. And so, with these patients, you see a high indirect bilirubin compared to rotors and Dubin Johnson syndrome, which are problems with excretion. So, in these patients, you have a high direct bilirubin. All right, what's the best indicator of synthetic function in a patient with cirrhosis? Yeah, so this is looking at uh, the PTINR due to factor seven having the shortest half-life. Okay. Normal portal vein pressure. So normal portal vein pressure is five to 10 millimeters of mercury, but this is not to be confused with the hepatic venous pressure gradient, which is the portal vein pressure minus the hepatic venous pressure or RA pressure. And this has a normal value of one to five millimeters of mercury. Above five is considered mild portal hypertension, and over 10 is clinically significant portal yeah. hypertension. Excellent. Thanks for bringing that up. Everything you need to know about hepatic adenomas, let's hear it. Yeah. So most commonly in a question stem, you'll see a woman of reproductive age taking oral contraceptives. You may also see a, a male taking using anabolic steroids. These are mostly benign, but they are associated with risk of hemorrhage and malignant transformation. On a CT scan, these demonstrate early arterial enhancement, followed by isoattenuation during the portal and delayed phase imaging. If uh, the patient is female and the tumor is less than five centimeters and asymptomatic, you can do conservative therapy, which is just stopping the oral contraceptives or anabolic steroid use. If it's a male patient, these are always resected. And if you have a if you have a female patient with an adenoma greater than five centimeters, then you would do an elective resection. Okay, so hepatic adenoma in a male, it comes out greater than five centimeters in a female, it comes out. And if it's less than five centimeters in a female and they're asymptomatic, you can try conservative therapy, stop those contraceptives and or steroids. What's the most common malignant uh, liver tumor? Yeah, so this would be metastasis. It's about twenty to one metastasis to primary. Okay. What medication contracts the sphincter of OD and what relaxes it? Yeah. So think of morphine as the contractor of the sphincter and then glucagon relaxes it. Think that we give a one milligram dose of IV glucagon during cholangiogram if we can push the stone out of the duct to help it relax. Okay. I think of this one as morphine is an opiate, which like contracts everything and makes people super constipated, including with all water. And that's how I remember that. The old constipated gallbladder. Excellent. So what's the normal size for a common bile duct? Yeah, so patients under 65 years of age, we think less than 0.8 centimeters. Patients over 65 years of age can be a little bit more dilated. So we think of less than 1.1 centimeters. After a cholecystectomy, a patient can have normal common bile duct dilation up to about one centimeter. Okay. What factors increase bile excretion and what factors decrease it as well? Yeah, so to increase it, we think of cholecystokinin, secretin, and vagal input. And decreasing, we think of somatostatin, VIP, and sympathetic input. Okay, you have a question stem in which the patient was found to have air in the biliary system. What could cause this? Yeah, so we want to make sure that uh, they haven't had some sort of instrumentation, usually an ERCP, maybe cholangitis, and maybe they have some fistula to the enteric tract caused by a gallstone. What are the types of coleodocal cysts? Which one is the most common and how would you treat that? Yeah, so type one, this is your most common. This is the cystic dilation of the common bile duct. And we treat this with resection and hepatic coj. 
Type 2, you have a diverticular dilation anywhere along the extrahepatic duct. Type 3 is also called a cholidocosyl. This is dilation of the distal CBD. Type 4A, you have multiple dilations affecting both the intrahepatic and extrahepatic biliary tree. Type 4B, you have multiple dilations of the extrahepatic duct. And type 5, this is your Corollis disease. This is where you have multiple dilations of only the intrahepatic ducts. All right, I have a patient who has biliary disease and they're find, found to be positive for anti-mitochondrial antibodies. What's the diagnosis? Yeah, so this is a primary biliary cirrhosis, which has no increased cancer risk, and but you do think about transplant. Fantastic. What's the most common bugs that cause cholangitis? So most commonly you have E. coli followed by Klebsiella. And describe to me Charcot's triad. So this is right upper quadrant pain, fever, and jaundice. And Renan's pentad. So you have those same three right upper quadrant pain, fever, and jaundice, but you add in altered mental status and shock. All right. And how do you treat cholangitis? So these patients need urgent biliary decompression, usually in the form of ERCP, sometimes PTC. Okay. I'm going to describe some findings on imaging. You tell me what you think about. So a liver mass with peripheral to central enhancement on delayed phase CT. So this is a hemangioma. Okay. Uh, what if I see a central scar on imaging? Uh, this is your focal nodular hyperplasia or FNH. Okay. A heterogeneous, poorly circumscribed mass with early arterial enhancement and quick washout with rim enhancement on delayed images. This is concerning for a hepatocellular carcinoma. Right, and can be diagnostic for it as well. What issues can ceftriaxone cause when it comes to the biliary system? So this is debatable among some surgeons, but we think of gallbladder sludge and cholestatic jaundice. All right. What's the, when it comes to the endocrine function of the pancreas, what do alpha cells do? So alpha cells are responsible for glucagon, and I just use the A in alpha and the A in glucagon. We have beta cells, which I just remember are always just the insulin producing cells. And then the delta cells, I think of somatostatin. So remember delta and somatostatin. How are pancreatic enzymes activated? Yeah. So here you have enterokinase from the duodenum, which, confer which converts the trypsinogen into trypsin, which then activates the other pancreatic enzymes. All right. What's the name of the pancreatic accessory duct? So this is the duct of Santorini compared to the major duct, which is the duct of Warsum. And what's an annular pancreas? This is when the second portion of the duodenum is surrounded by a pancreatic band. And to treat this, we do a duodenojejunostomy or a duodenoduodenostomy. All right. What is Gray Turner sign and Cullen sign and what causes them? So Gray Turner sign is flank ecchymosis, and I think of this as you need to turn her to see the flanks, and colon sign is umbilical ecchymosis, and these are both caused by hemorrhagic pancreatitis. All right, let's talk gallbladder polyps. So what's the number I need to know in my head when it comes to uh, treatment plans? Yeah, so you really want to think of uh, greater than 10 millimeters being concerning. Okay, and how do I diagnose biliary dyskinesia? So the best test for this is a HIDA scan, where you're looking at an ejection fraction of less than 35%. And this is testing 20 minutes after CCK administration. You also want to make sure that there's an absence of stones or cholecystitis prior to making the diagnosis.
All right. Thanks for listening. I think we all need to go out for a stiff drink after talking to HPB. Uh, keep your head up, everyone. Keep studying hard. You're going to do fantastic. The website is probably a short while away. We have one more episode of quick review for you. So tune in next time. In the meantime, dominate the day. Thanks for listening. And thank you to Medtronic for supporting surgical residents preparing for the 2024 app site. Since 1949, Medtronic has relentlessly pursued therapies that change lives. Today, we thank Medtronic for supporting surgical residents as they relentlessly pursue their dreams. From all of us at Behind the Knife and Medtronic, dominate the app site.